With your permission, Mr. Speaker, the, the whole House will wish to join me in welcoming today Her Majesty the Queen's approval for a new form of recognition for the families of those members of the armed forces killed on operations and as a result of terrorism. Her Majesty will be making an announcement today directly to the families of armed forces personnel in which she will make clear her personal attachment to this new recognition. I'm confident that this will be a very special and fitting tribute indeed for the great debt we owe to all those who die on operations and the enduring loss shouldered by the families. Mr. Speaker, this morning I met ministerial colleagues and others. I shall have further such meetings later today. Bob Spink. Mr. Speaker, our armed forces are the bravest and the best in the world, and the people showed in the Armed Forces Day celebrations on Saturday how much they love and respect them. Could I ask the Prime Minister about swine flu? A number of people in Castle Point, adults and children, have tested positive, and the local campaigning newspaper, The Echo, is keen to reassure people that progress is being made. What is he going to be doing next to tackle this problem? Mr Speaker, let me say I share share with him uh, the respect that he has stated for our armed forces and for the Armed Forces Day on Saturday, where thousands of people in all parts of the country wanted to give recognition uh, and deserved recognition to the work that our armed forces do every every day. Uh, He raises the question of uh, swine flu, and he may know that we have had an emergency meeting of the COBRA group uh, today to look at the incidence of the disease. I I, I have to report to the House that the total number of confirmed cases for the UK now stands at 6,538, and this compares to just 2,236 last week. Now, this large rise in numbers of confirmed cases means that a more flexible and local approach is going to be used in areas where there are higher numbers of cases reported. The Health Protection Agency, in conjunction with the NHS, is doing excellent work to limit the spread of the virus. We continue to monitor the situation closely, making sure that arrangements are in place so that the UK remains well-placed to deal with this pandemic. We will adapt these arrangements as the situation changes, and my right honourable friend, the Health Secretary, will make a statement to this House tomorrow on the outcome of our deliberations. Jim McGovern... Thank you, Mr Speaker. I I welcome what the Prime Minister has said about the armed forces. Uh, My grandfather, Hugh MacDonald, served in the Black Watch during the Second World War, and he is in fact buried in the Black Watch section of the military cemetery in Gibraltar. And if the House will excuse me using the Scottish vernacular, I fear he might be burling in his grave at the thought that the famous red hackle of the Black Watch may be no more. What assurances can the Prime Minister give, not only to me, but to current servant personnel and to veterans who I met on Saturday that the Black Watch Red Hackle will remain the identity of the Black Watch. Well, I, I, I too met uh, Black Watch uh, servicemen on, on Saturday and people who have contributed greatly to our armed uh, forces and I can assure him that the traditions that he talks about will be maintained as long as the army exists. David Cameron. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I welcome what the Prime Minister said and agree with him about the Queen's new recognition for our armed forces? We should all be incredibly proud of what they do on our behalf. Last week, I think it was demonstrated for everyone to see that capital spending under Labour will be cut. Now I want to turn to total spending. Will the Prime Minister accept that his own figures show that once the Treasury's forecast for inflation... Total spending will be cut after 2011. No, Mr Speaker. Total spending uh, will continue to rise and it will be uh, at 0% rise in 2013-14. 
In 2011-12, in 2011-12 and 12-13, it will continue to... Or order, order. The Prime Minister's answer must be heard. Prime Minister. I think that answer gets zero percent. Um, the Prime Minister said very clearly, no, it will rise. Well, can he explain this? This is a Treasury presentation that has been uh, given to us, and on page, seven, uh, on page seven, it says very clearly, with headings for current spending and capital spending, the headline is reduction in medium-term spending. So can I ask the Prime Minister... Uh, if the Treasury, if even the Treasury is going round giving presentations around the country saying that public spending as a total is being cut, why can't he admit to the truth? Because, Mr Speaker, I've told him previously that current spending is going to rise and that capital spending, as I explained, as I explained last, week, last week, will fall after 2011. That is, that is the, these are the public spending projections for the future. But I, I, have, to, I have to say to him, the debate on public spending is about this, how we return to growth and jobs in the economy. The reason that we, are, the reason we have advanced spending to 2009-10 is so we can spend to get out of recession. Now, we put forward proposals for homes and for jobs and for more money in 2009-10. The opposition have rejected this expenditure. We have put forward proposals for expenditure in 2010-11, increasing expenditure, and the opposition have rejected that. The capital spending that we have advanced to 2009-10 and 2010-11 is not available, therefore, after 2011. This is precisely the way a government will act to take the country out of recession. And I've got to ask him, therefore, why his... Oh, yes. His, his, his shadow chancellor should explain why he was going into television, village studio, television studios yesterday saying that he was going to cut schools now, cut Sure Start now, cut the September guarantee for school leavers now and do nothing about unemployment. That is surely the issue. We cannot get out of recession unless we spend now on the services we need. Mr Speaker, today we see a Prime Minister in full retreat. In the first answer, in the first answer he says we're going to get a 0% increase in public spending. That's a new one. In the second answer, he finally admits he is going to cut, and cut deeply, capital spending. He talks about the debate over public spending. The debate is about whether the Prime Minister can be straight with the British public. So let me ask him again. He has stood at that dispatch box and talked about total spending year after year. That is the figure people are interested in. Now, when the Treasury themselves are saying, when it comes to total spending, there is a reduction, not a freeze, but a reduction in medium-term spending. I'm glad the Prime Minister is talking to the Chancellor for the first time in weeks. Given the Treasury are talking about a cut, will he stand there, give the straight answer and say, once you allow for inflation, total spending is being cut? I've already said current expenditure will rise and continue to rise. Capital spending will rise till 2011 and then it will fall. I've already made it clear that the spending for health and for education and for all these public services, current spending will continue to rise. But the issue surely is this. In 2009-10, we are raising spending substantially. We're doing it in 2010-11, and we're doing it to take us out of recession. There is only one serious party in the world that is trying to tell us that we should be cutting spending now, and that is the Conservative Party. Now, he has therefore got to admit 
that under his proposals, schools would be losing money now, teachers would be being made unemployed, sure start services would be going, childcare services would be at risk, no teenager would get a guarantee for jobs. That is the future if the Conservatives were ever to implement it. Cameron. It is complete nonsense, and nobody, not even... What is, what is interesting is not even his own cabinet now back the ludicrous line he is taking about public spending. He keeps talking about this 10%. I don't know whether he realises how much damage it is doing to him. It's not doing any damage to us. Let's just... Should we just explain... Let's just explain for a second where this deceit about the 10% comes from. Let me, let me explain to the House. Yeah. Order, the Leader of the Opposition must be heard. Yeah. If you take the government's own spending plans, you take off debt interest, you take off the increase for unemployment, which sadly is going to go up, you are left with a 7% cut in every department, the government's own figures. If you exempt the NHS, you get a 10% cut, the government's own figures. If you take out, thank you, school secretary, if you listen to the school secretary and you take out health and schools, you get a 13.5% cut. That's the Prime Minister, Mr. 13.5%. His own figures. Let's, let's, let's see if he can answer the simplest of questions. Is he going to have a full departmental spending review before the election, yes or no? Mr Speaker, uh, the first thing that he said is unemployment is going to continue to go up. That is the Conservative yeah. policy. Uh, it's a prediction. <laughs> that, that, that is when they say... That is when they say... That is when they say unemployment is a price worth paying. Now, is he basing his assumptions on unemployment rising to 2014? No wonder he wants to cut public services. He's basing his assumptions on unemployment continuing to rise because he will do absolutely nothing about it. Now, we have taken action. We have taken action that is preserving 500,000 jobs. Two and a quarter of a million people are leaving the unemployment register every month. We have put in extra money on Monday so that there is more money for young people who are unemployed and for summer school leavers. We will not forecast our spending plans on unemployment being higher in 2014 and rising every year. But if that is what he wants to do, then he cannot afford public services. And therefore, the truth is, he will be cutting public services by 10%. David Cameron. I have to say, Mr Speaker, this is one of the most feeble performances I've ever seen from this Prime Minister. Peter Mandelson hadn't been so busy wandering around the television studios this morning, he could have given a bit of tuition. There is only there is only one person we want to add to the unemployment register, and that is this Prime Minister. I, I did ask a very simple and straightforward question. Perhaps he could now answer it. Peter Mandelson has said there will not be a spending review before the election. Can the Prime Minister tell us, will there be one or not? Mr Speaker, it would be completely wrong to have a spending review now at this stage because we are in the midst of a recession and it is not possible to say what unemployment and growth and all these characteristics that he's been referring to are likely to be in 2012, 13 and 14. I think we've got to the heart of the Conservative position today. They are the party of unemployment. They're premising all their spending plans on unemployment continuing to rise. He said himself, unemployment will keep on rising. 
Now, if that is the basis of their spending plans, then people can look forward under a Conservative government not just to 10% cuts, but to rising unemployment. And do you know, Mr Speaker, why they want these public spending cuts? To pay for inheritance tax cuts for the very rich. We know, once again, they are the party of the few and we are the party of the many. Cameron. I know the walls of the bunker are thick, but the Prime Minister seems completely unaware that unemployment is rising across the country because of the policies of his government. We've seen hundreds of people lose their jobs at Diageo in Scotland, another tragic case, and yet the Prime Minister seems blissfully unaware of what's going on in the country he's meant to be governing. Everyone will conclude that they are not going to have a spending review because they do not want to own up to the cuts that they are planning in department after department. The truth is, this government is planning to ca- cut capital spending. Fact. They are planning to cut total spending. Fact. And the most important fact of all is they are incapable of being straight with the British people. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, this opposition would cut public spending this year and deprive people of help with unemployment and help with housing. This opposition party would cut public spending next year and cut it savagely in schools and education and even in Sure Start programme. And we now know the truth about the Conservative assumptions about the future. They are assuming unemployment will continue to rise, as he said, to 2014. That is not the policy of this government. We want to get people back into work. Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. Doesn't the uh, second franchise fiasco on the East Coast mainline in two years tell us that the Tory privatisation of rail experiment has finally hit the buffers? Now that we're taking the East Coast mainline back into public ownership, can we keep it that way? Well, Mr Mr. Speaker, our first and overriding obligation is to ensure continuity of service to the passengers and that there is no disruption of services. So the Secretary of State is establishing a publicly owned company, the East Coast Mainline Company. It will take over all franchise rail services at the point that National Express East Coast ceases to operate. Existing staff and assets will transfer to the new company. Uh, we are making sure that the service continues to run, passengers are continues to be served, uh, and jobs continue to exist. Mr Nick Clegg. Yeah. I'd like to obviously first join in welcoming the uh, announcement from Her Majesty today for such a fitting tribute to recognise the bravery and sacrifices of our armed forces. Uh, this morning we've seen this bogus debate on public spending hit new lows. Uh, I'm almost tempted, Mr Speaker, to suggest that Lord Mandelson and the Conservative economic spokesman should go on another cruise together to make up. But the real, the real, failing, the real failing is that the Conservative Party leader wants to cut spending when the economy is still on its knees, economic madness, and he won't tell us how, and the Prime Minister is still living in complete denial about the long-term savings which will be needed when the economy starts to recover. Isn't it the case that they're both deliberately choosing to trade insults so that they can both avoid telling the truth? Mr Mr. Speaker, and and he doesn't tell us what his policy is at all. The fact of the the matter is, if spending were to be cut this year, jobs would be lost, as well as services being put at risk. If spending were to be cut next year, then jobs would be lost and spending and services would be at risk. We are determined to ensure that spending remains to increase job opportunities, 
to protect homeowners and to make sure our public services are there. I hope he will join our side of the debate in protecting public services for the future. Mr Nick Clegg. What he is avoiding once again is that difficult choices on long-term spending do need to be made now if we're going to get any grip on the country's finances. And that's why we should admit that we neither need nor can afford to replace Trident. Now, he, he, is planning, he is planning to sign the first contracts for the new Trident submarines this summer during the recess when we are all away. Isn't it obvious that he shouldn't do that? Mr Speaker, we've already announced a deficit reduction plan for the next five years. We've taken taken difficult decisions about efficiency savings, about asset sales, about raising the top rate of tax, about measures that, uh, that make sure... Uh, that uh, people are in a position, who are in a position to pay more uh, do pay more in the taxes, and that is at the top rate of tax. I hope he will support these measures that are designed to both get the deficit down and make sure there are sufficient resources for public services. I've already made my position on Trident clear in the debate on Monday. Angela C. Smith. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Last week, Chorus announced 379 job losses in the steelworking town of Stotsbridge in my constituency. Job losses which will have a devastating impact on the economy of a town which has a population of only 13,500. Will my right honourable friend make a commitment to do whatever he can to make sure that Chorus can can secure a long-term future for steel working in places like Stotsbridge. Mr Speaker, Chorus uh, do employ more than 20,000 people in this country. Wherever there are redundancies is a matter of uh, sadness uh, and regret. Uh, what, we're, what, we're deal- what we're dealing with is a fall in demand in the steel industry around the world, which is affecting Britain and every other country. We are in talks with Chorus. Uh, we have uh, provided extra money to Chorus in the last week uh, for help uh, to secure jobs, and we will continue to talk with them about what more we can do. We are also in negotiations with them about the relationships that they have, Chorus, uh, with a conglomerate of steel producers. That contract has broken down. It puts jobs in Britain at risk, and we're seeing to try to do what we can uh, to make sure that a new arrangement is uh, agreed that can protect more jobs in Britain. David Gork. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister has twice told the House today that capital spending will continue to rise until 2011. The Red Book Book shows capital spending at £44 billion this year, £36 billion next year, uh, I'm sure the Prime Minister understands that that is a cut starting next year. Will he correct the record now? Yeah. 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 Mr. Speaker, I've already explained to the House we're bringing forward investment that was previously allocated for these later years to 2009-10 and 2010-11. And the reason that we're doing that is we can help get the economy out of, out of the recession. The capital, the, capital, the capital investment would not be supported by the Conservative Party. As a result, projects like housing that we're we're, we're housing that we're investing in from this Monday, with the announcements we made, could not go ahead. I've already explained to the House that while the previous budget announced that there was a rise in capital expenditure over that period of time, in the first years more money has been reallocated so that we can help ourselves out of recession. Eric Martlew. Mr Speaker, there's been a great deal of talk about modernisation of this House. I would like to ask our Prime Minister if we could go back in time to a time when we had Prime Minister's question times twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It would make it much more uh, accountable to the backbenches, the questions would be more topical, and we'd get a much better attendance in the chamber on a Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Mr Speaker, that is an idea that perhaps the Speaker may wish to consult on. Simon Hughes. Mr Speaker, 
um, as more than a million of our as more than a million of our young people leave education this summer, the government's rediscovered commitment to training and apprenticeships is very welcome. But it appears that many of the training schemes on offer cannot be completed in the time the government has announced. Will he meet a group of us to make sure we don't consign our young people to unemployment or to a failure to gain the qualifications they need? Mr. Speaker, he should know that in 1997 there were 70,000 apprenticeships in Britain. This year there are 225,000, three times as many. So to say that we have reduced the number of apprenticeships or are not taking it seriously is wrong. As far as training programmes are concerned, on Monday we announced how we would do more for summer school leavers and for young people under 25. I hope he will support the new investment we've made in these measures. That costs money. I hope his party is prepared to support it, even if that party is not. Mr Neil Turner. This Labour government has made a lot of progress in tackling disadvantaged communities such as Pemberton Schools and Beach Hill in my constituency through the Neighbourhood Renewal Fund. But local authorities and primary care trusts are hampered on building on that success because they don't get the amount of money that the government formula tells them they're entitled to. Will my right honourable friend meet with me and other colleagues in similar uh, constituencies to see if we can find ways to tackle this problem? I understand that Wigan will receive over £21 between 2008-9 and 2010-11 as an additional resource to help tackle problems faced by local people. Of course, I'm happy to meet him to talk about both the Neighbourhood Renewable Fund and some other aspects of central funding to local authorities, but I do say that over the last few years we've increased these resources substantially, and where there is unemployment, we will be increasing resources to help people get back to work. Mark Simmons. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Uh, Mr Speaker, in light of recent cuts to the Department of Health funding of £3.9 billion, which was announced in the budget, can the Prime Minister confirm what further reductions in health expenditure his government is planning between 2011 and 2014? Mr Speaker, we are raising expenditure on health service this year and next year. He should know, he should know, perfect, he should know perfectly well that we have done so against the advice of the Conservative Party, who would prefer to see... Mr Speaker, if we had not taken the decision to raise national insurance to put investment in the National Health Service, we couldn't have had the 90,000 extra nurses, the 20,000 extra doctors and the new hospitals we've had. That decision was opposed by the party opposite. Dennis McShane. Thank you, Mr Speaker. In a few days' time, the newly elected European Parliament sits for the first time. Can the Prime Minister assure me that Labour MEPs will not sit with Polish MEPs who are homophobe and of anti-Semitic orientation, not sit with Czech MEPs who believe that global warming is a myth, or with Dutch MEPs who think that abortion should be abolished and suddenly shopping stop. Which party does support these loonies and weirdos? Mr Speaker, it took the Leader of the Opposition almost a year to admit that there was a recession all over Europe. Now that he's had to admit it, perhaps he should also admit there's a need for cooperation all over Europe to deal with these issues. And what I think people will find very sad is a Conservative Party now on the fringes of Europe with some of the extreme uh, parties on the right wing of the European political family. Joe Swinson. 
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. News of tomorrow's statement is welcome, but if the swine flu pandemic worsens sufficiently to trigger changes in the government approach during the 82-day summer recess, will the Prime Minister recall Parliament so there can be proper scrutiny of the government's actions? Mr. Speaker, she will, she will know that there will be a statement made tomorrow uh, by the Health Secretary on the issue of swine flu, and we will make sure that at all points we are vigilant in making sure that the treatment of that uh, disease uh, in every part of the country is, is right and proper. Gordon Banks. My Honourable Friend may have uh, seen the announcement by Diageo today on the restructuring of jobs in Scotland, which the Leader of the Opposition has referred to. Um, indeed, it was mixed news, 500 job losses over two years, but also £100 million of investment, including in my constituency. Will my right honourable friend do everything he can to negate the, the loss of these jobs? And will he also agree to, to meet with, with the company to discuss their continued plans for investment in Scotland? Mr Speaker, can I, can I say that where there is unemployment, we are, we are ready to help. And the measures that we have announced on Monday will move in to help young people, but also help adults. Uh, who are losing their jobs. Where, where, there, is, where there is capital uh, investment being made by firms, it is possible for them to get uh, new capital allowances that were introduced in the budget uh, to stimulate new investment. And what we are seeking to do is have an investment-led recovery. The capital spending that we have reallocated to 2008, 2009 and 2009 to 10, while it falls in 2010-11, is vital to doing that. And we will continue to back private investment in our country. And these are the figures I want to make clear to the House. As uh, chair of the all-party Baha'i group, I have become deeply concerned about the seven Baha'i leaders in Iran facing trial by the Revolutionary Court on the 11th of July on serious but unsubstantiated charges, with no evidence being offered against them. Will the Prime Minister be willing to meet with me and uh, representatives of the Baha'i faith in Britain to underline his, and I hope, our collective support for the fundamental principles of fairness and tolerance in the treatment of these and all Baha'is in Iran? Mr Speaker, these are are very difficult issues that he raises, and I'm sure the whole House will share my deep disappointment at the recent behaviour of the Iranian regime, Uh, disappointment at the manner in which legitimate demonstrations have been suppressed, Disappointment at the restrictions that he has mentioned on the freedoms of the Iranian uh, people, uh, people due to stand before a closed court on the 11th of July. Disappointment that the Iranian government has expelled two of our diplomats and detained several of our embassy staff. This action is unjustified and it is unacceptable. And some people in Iran are trying to seek to use Britain as an explanation for the legitimate Iranian voices calling for the greater openness and democracy. But we will continue with our international partners to raise our concerns with Iran, including on the issue that the Honourable Member has raised. Linda Reardon. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Following the job cuts announced by Lloyds, would the Prime Minister assure banking staff in my constituency that he will do all he can to protect their jobs? And will he join with me in sending a clear message to Lloyds Banking Group that further job losses would be totally unacceptable? Mr Speaker, I've visited the area and I've talked to staff. I understand the frustrations at what is happening. They have served the bank well and they are the victims of what has happened to HBOS in its worldwide activities and particularly its failures in other countries. We will do what we can to help the staff of Halifax HBOS Lloyds TSB 
Uh, we are also making it uh, possible for people to have new facilities to find jobs in the area, and we'll do what we can to reduce unemployment in these difficult circumstances. That's why we've set aside five billion to help the unemployed, and that is only possible because we've made these additional allocations. Mr. Adam Holloway. Another opportunity for the Prime Minister to be straight with the British people. In which, in which departments does the Prime Minister expect to see spending fall in 2011-14? Yeah, yeah. Speaker, being straight with the British people means talking about how we get out of recession and how we build for growth. And this... And, and, it, it, is, it is not much good, the opposition talking about 2011, when they're actually cutting spending in 2009-10 and 2010-11. And all, through, all, throughout, all throughout this debate, they have refused to support the action we're taking on jobs. They have no plan to come out of recession. They have no plan for jobs. And they have no plan for growth in the economy. They have nothing to offer the British electorate but cheap jibes and no policy. Mr. Virendra Sharma. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Does my right honourable friend believe that to build Britain's future, we need to invest now in helping people through the downturn, especially young people's training and skills? Will he reaffirm his September guarantee of a place in education and training for all 16 and 17 years old? Speaker, I, I don't know why the opposition mocked this. It has never been done before that there is a guarantee for school leavers who are leaving school to get a school place, a college place, an apprenticeship or work experience, some form of activity that prevents them from being unemployed. That costs money. We are prepared to spend that money. The opposition party would refuse that money. In other words, thousands would be unemployed as a result of the opposition's policy. Mr Geoffrey Clifton-Brown. Mr Speaker, is the Prime Minister aware that some of the finest residential training for severely disabled people has been put in jeopardy by the decision this week of the Learning and Skills Council not to fund the expansion of the National Star College in my constituency. Would the Prime Minister agree to meet a delegation of some of the disabled students and some of the principals of the college and myself to discuss the unique situation of this college and discuss to see if there is a solution to this problem? I, I, I have to say that we have set aside £2.3 billion for investment in further education colleges over this uh, spending review. We put an additional £300 million into that in the, in the budget. I, I, will, I will ask... This, this comes under expenditure on colleges and it needs money that would have to be provided by the government. And I'm, ask, I'm, saying, I'm saying to the Honourable Gentleman that I shall get the Further Education Colleges Minister to meet him about this, but we have put £300 million extra into the investment in capital buildings as a result of the budget. 